Good morning, folks. Joining me this snowy morning is Gold Belt President and CEO McHugh Pierre. Good, Good morning. morning, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you beat me to it. I trust your holiday shareholder gatherings have gone well? It's been terrific. Yeah, we had one just after AFN in Anchorage, and we got to fellowship with a bunch of shareholders up there. And then we had one in Juneau, of course, um, November 16th dinner. It was terrific. We had a packed house at Centennial Hall. Oh, well, we're we, back together. All right. We had about 400 people. And and then in Seattle yesterday, we had one following our board meeting on Saturday. And it was just great. It was nice to see everybody. People have high spirits. They're doing well. Um, it's good to get together and you know fellowship like we used to before the pandemic. So I really feel like this was kind of a culminating event for us. And, and people are really excited for the future. I thought that's something that was always neat. You know, Gold Belt is the Juno Corporation, but you've, yeah. we've got folks all over the place. Yeah, you know, and and as I reference um, shareholders where they are, and and we talk about you know their different locations. When I meet with them personally, they don't reflect on what they need in their community. They reflect on what we're doing for shareholders in Juno. So it's really cool. It's cool to see how we provide benefits to shareholders individually, but then how the shareholder group says, that's nice, but we want you to also invest in our community to build up a robust community in Juneau and, and really honor the um, intent of ANCSA. And, you know, 51 years old now, um, it's, it's pretty cool to see how far we've come and how far we're going to go. Now, on shareholder benefits, uh, tell us about this recently announced shareholder benefit. It came from the COVID money ANC's got, right? Yeah, thank you. And and it's really, this is kind of a unique thing. I mean, as we went through the, the pandemic and the CARES Act was floated, and then the lawsuit occurred and the Supreme Court decision, and, and then ANC's being allowed to receive that money, um, Gold Belt received just about 11.2 million. It was 11.1 and change. And you know, we were pretty active in getting that out to shareholders, providing relief money to the community as quickly as possible. Uh, that was the intent of the bill, right? To, to help people, not to help corporations. That was, that was our read of it as, as an organization. And so the Department of Treasury reached out to us once in November and then once in December and said, hey, we have extra CARES Act money that other ANCs have not spent do you have receipts to justify receiving this? And it's about $363,000. And so the key here is that we have to have made eligible expenditures before December 31 of 2021, last year, to be able to receive the money. So it wasn't really a, a direct application of old CARES Act money like we would have done, giving out a gift card or something like that, providing food relief but we were able to offset our expenses that we had that were not covered under the first tranche of money. So what you spent in 2021, you were able to get reimbursement for. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, so we got that reimbursement and what the board said was, it, you know, exactly what we just talked about a minute ago. The intent of the CARES Act was to provide relief to people, not relief to corporations. So instead of us just keeping money that we found, right? Because we've offset expenses. And they didn't spend it. That's right. The, the ANCs didn't spend it. That's right. Yeah. So, so we got money to offset expenses we already made. So that frees up gold belt money to spend on something else. Mm. And so we looked at ANCSA and said, how can we give a similar distribution to shareholders um, that would be like a per person um, benefit that the CARES Act would give? And so there's a provision in ANCSA that allows corporations to give per person benefits 
And we did that. So it's $100 per person, you know, per voting shareholder, according to ANCSA. And that's going to go out on Friday, December 16th. So, so oh, this, this Friday, Friday. Oh, this wow. Friday um, all voting shareholders will receive $100. And we're really excited about that. Now, staying on this for a moment, because the release said uh, the corporation had experienced a better than expected business performance. Uh, so it spurs the question, how did the corporation do this year? Yeah, we we had a fantastic year, Kevin. And I, I want to talk about this for a number of reasons. When we report numbers publicly, usually people see the top line, the revenue numbers. And so last year we had a fantastic year, $500 million, best gross revenue year for the company ever. Um, this year, though, that was due to a lot of COVID activity, right? We had needles and syringes, other stuff. And so those oh, yeah, were, those contracts with the Department of Defense. That's right. Yeah. 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 So we had one-time sales that, that allowed us to um, really build our business rapidly. But those one-time sales don't happen in a non-pandemic situation. So this year we didn't have those. And we really scrambled to try to fill that void, that delta between our reoccurring revenue in our services businesses um, with new business that we could depend on. So we kind of did half and half. We got about 50 million in one-time sales, 50 million in new services contracts. And so this year we're gonna do about 410 million in revenue. But in, in someone might say, hey, wait a minute, that's a $90 million difference, that's a lot of money. The key thing is, is we did not have any losses in our tourism businesses. Our tourism businesses locally crushed it. We did way better than expected. And because we didn't have any of those losses, our net income is nearly the same. We were like a million to $2 million different from our net income in 2021 from 2022. And that's a big deal. That allows us to provide benefits at a similar rate structure to shareholders. So we were able to continue to invest um, heavily in the Gold Belt Ancestral Trust. We just, uh, the board just approved a $10 million contribution to the Gold Belt Ancestral Trust to allow it to start spinning off independent um, benefits to shareholders, you know, from from business operations. So that trust fund is working, and it's it's really cool to see the business flourish and adapt and start to build from this new plateau. We believe this is where we're going to be, um, and we're going to build from this and slowly have 500 million in recurring revenues probably in the next two years and start to build up our our net income, you know, and get closer to that 40 50 million dollar range for net income. And, and thank you for bringing up the the ancestral trust because I wanted to ask you about the the, the corporation's trusts. Uh, last year it was about two point two million in total for distribution. This year it was two and a half. Share with us the health of the Tana Trust, which makes these distributions. Uh, can it keep up distributions of this size? Absolutely, and I'm glad you asked that because I think shareholders. Uh, sometimes get confused because we're not clear enough and I want to be very clear about that. So we have a, a permanent fund style trust called the Gold Belt Ancestral Trust and it holds a principal and it's supposed to build money and then whatever money it has invested, the interest that it gains from that is what it can pay out in benefits. And so we think we'll have enough money in there to make a, a reasonable benefit, a reasonable distribution to, to shareholders in 2024 or 2025. Because it's not right now making distributions. It's not, no, because yeah. we don't have much money in there. We have like 13 million bucks. We'll be up to uh, $23 million at the end of the month, which is good, but we think we need $30 million in there to start spinning off enough interest to, to make a $5 per share distribution. Mm. Um, now going to the Tana Trust, that was created 
with the anticipation of being able to provide benefits directly to shareholders from our business operations and not holding a principal. So that that is a tool that we use to execute um, uh, distributions from the company. So we make a contribution to the Tana Trust and the Tana Trust executes that um, disbursement to uh, unit holders appropriately. We also use it for um, scholarships. We're gonna move scholarships over there. So we've been working with Gold Belt Heritage Foundation to um, you know, provide our, our Gold Belt Scholarship platform there. But the Tana Trust, uh, we think will be an easier way to give scholarships to shareholders. So we're going to transfer that in 2023. Uh -huh. And so there's some things that we're taking full advantage of that trust. And we really thank Senator Murkowski for that. Senator Lisa Murkowski set up this provision back in 2017, um, allowed these 646 trusts to have some some uh, leeway to perform, and we've been able to take full advantage of that. Um, do all ANCs follow this same trust model, or is it just unique to us at the moment? Well, I, so all ANCs have access to it, but not, not all ANCs follow it the same way. Hmm. And really, it, it comes down to you know what's best for you and your family, right? I mean, Gold Belt's a family business. We we are um, a group of people from the community of the community that made the community, and so uh, you know the the board members, as the owners' representatives and owners themselves, said this is the way that we think we can utilize our tools to maximize our benefits to shareholders, and that's why we created the structure we did, and the shareholders voted to approve it. Well, while we're on the topic of other Alaska Native corporations, we've been hearing from folks at Huna Totem about their plans at the subport there. I recall Gold Belt was looking to help them in that endeavor. What do you think of their plans that they have presented so far? I, I love it. It's consistent with what we've been talking about for about two years now. So, um, you know, we've been talking behind the scenes with Huna Totem and really figuring out how we can make a thoughtful um, investment on the waterfront to make our community safer for visitors. You're also developing that waterfront too nearby there, huh? But, well, yeah, yeah, se separately. Separately. So, um, so we have, you know, the the Huna Totem, NCL, possibly Gold Belt. We haven't uh, formalized any type of a, a partnership structure on that or anything. And we're really excited for what they're doing because we see um, moving some of that congestion out of the downtown core if we move the traffic from kind of the other side of city hall right there's a lot of buses and stuff that go down there past city hall and if we can move it to this side of city hall the bridge side there's going to be a lot less traffic i want to say like 20 21 percent less bus traffic and other stuff and that's just going to make the road safer for people to walk and it's going to make a, a better experience along the waterfront to walk and and see things and a reason to traverse more of Juno and spread people out and just have a better experience for locals and visitors. Yeah, my, my apologies. I was referencing your work over at the Seadrome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that before we go to a break. Well, you know, we, we don't have much of a, an update there. What we're currently doing is working with the city to figure out how we can um, utilize the land appropriately because Gold Belt owns the uplands there mm -hmm. and then the city owns the tidelands. And so if, we, if we're going to develop according to the plans that docks and harbors have put together to run small cruise ships through that facility um, we need to kind of have some some sharing and altering of the landscape to allow for an appropriate parking lot and you know a way to build out into the water to have a bigger facility so we're excited for that future because we believe that independent travelers and small cruise ship visitors um, 
really have a lot of room to grow and that's a, a special targeted group that we want to improve upon and and just show off our amazing community too i think that's a good segue towards what we're going to be asking after the break so stay tuned and we're back with gold belt president and ceo McHugh pierre so the city buys a gondola and gold belt gets involved remind us what spurred the interest so we were actually approached when dave scanlon became the uh, general manager of eagle crest in i think 2017 maybe it's 2018 but dave had this really good vision of how do you build out a recreational facility that supports the community's desires so there are a number of ski hill facilities across the country that are owned by the local city local government however it is borough or you know county and there's not enough business in the summertime or i'm sorry in the winter time to support operations because you know there's what like three thousand five hundred ticketed passengers in the winter you're not going to get enough money from that group to support the total demand of the hill so what dave said was we need to create a summertime activity take advantage of all these tourists that are coming to juno they want to come and play so let's give them an opportunity to play, to experience Alaska nature, adventure activities, and have some investments up there. And so as Juno's native corporation, we were approached back then and said, would you guys want to partner with us and do something? And truthfully, it was just too much of an expense. We didn't have an anchor tenant per se to justify um, making a, a 30 or $35 million expense. But when the city came back to us this summer and said, hey, remember that idea we had? Well, how about if the gondola only costs two and a half million dollars? And we said, well, okay, now we can start talking. So we're still in the talking phase though. Yeah. I think it's really important for everybody to know that Gold Belt has not agreed to anything. The city has not agreed to anything. And we're still talking to see how we can make this proposal work. And the Gold Belt Board of Directors has been very thoughtful and saying, we want to do something that's smart, that makes sense, but we don't want to do something at the detriment of the of the company for the community. So we're weighing our options and, and we're optimistic. I'm personally optimistic that we can put a plan together that makes a lot of sense, that's successful, that supports the city's needs, supports Gold Belt's needs, and builds a really cool tourism event for people to experience. Now, what we've been familiar with is this revenue sharing deal that mm -hmm. we had seen presented at the assembly meeting. It, but you're saying you're looking at all the options. Are there other options? Well, there's there's not other options inside of a revenue sharing deal. Okay. We know it's going to be revenue sharing. Just the question is, how do we implement that? And what are some of the pros and cons to it? So one thing that's important for any individual investor to know is that um, a decision of the assembly today does not bind a future assembly. So... You know, and likewise, the assembly wants to make sure that we're going to be a good business partner and, and follow through and, and support their activities. So we're looking at those, making sure that we have all the risks mitigated, that we all agree on the plan and the way to move forward, and that we can have some type of uh, uh, reasonable, thoughtful business decision that, that we all feel comfortable with. Are you, are you, do you, are you providing purely financial backing for the project or do you see Gold Belt being involved operationally? It, we're not going to be involved operationally. Okay. So, uh, you know, this is a city facility. It's owned by the city. The, the land um, designation at Eagle Crest is special that must be owned by a government. So, you know, because wilderness and some other some other rules there for that land. Um, so 
we would be an investor and that's why the revenue sharing agreement is important because uh, we would recover that in investment based on ticket sales. And one of the elements there is that we would utilize our expertise at the Gold Belt Tram and our experience and connections with the visitor industry to build a direct line of, of sales and help Eagle Crest kind of supercharge its sales operations and um, get some customers up there and, and make some money for everybody. I see. So some indirect support. That's right. Gotcha. Institutional knowledge, if you will. Oh, fair enough. Now, there was another uh, possible partnership I wanted to ask you about, and, that, and that's the uh, talks happening over at Cascade Point. Uh, update us on that. Yeah, so, I mean, things have been going very well with uh, the commissioner of Department of Transportation, Ryan Anderson. He's been a really beneficial partner. He's been um, openly communicating, and I owe him a response um, and to our latest round of communication, and we're excited to try to get something developed. I think the big thing that, that I want to remind people is that our goal is to have routine service, daily service in the summertime, more service in the wintertime, at a lower cost to AMHS, and therefore a lower cost to us as a passenger. And if we can have predictable, dependable service, then we can have goods and services moving more freely and therefore boost our economy and hopefully lower the cost of living in the community and the surrounding communities. So that, that that spurred something else I wanted to ask you about, actually, and that was, I know, during this year, you the Gold Belt had provided some supplemental uh, transportation services for the ferry system. Is that something that's going to be happening next year as well? It is. We've it signed, is. We've signed a, a deal with DOT to do, I want to say, about 20 runs, Kevin. 20. Yeah, and, and so we're, we're looking to make sure that people get the service they need how they need it. And we've talked about this where if you have a community that doesn't have any cars, why are you bringing a car hauling um, vessel to that community? It's an, it's an overkill of expense. And I believe that the state doesn't have the resources. And frankly, the citizens, the residents of the state don't want those resources to be wasted on um, an unnecessary expenditure or activity. So if we can get the correct size vessel, one of our catamarans to go in and support a community, we can still bring goods in. We've got a crane, we can carry about 5,000 pounds of, of stuff and we can help people get around quickly, uh, affordably and reliably. If we have a, a day that needs to shift because of, because of weather, you know, we can just do it the next day and that's okay. So I'm really excited about a hub and spoke system, Kevin, that provides appropriately sized service to the communities to link up to a, a larger size service for you know bigger community support do you see this being a regular thing gold belt doing transport uh, transportation services i'm yeah i'm definitely hopeful about it and we've been working closely with alan marine jamie cagle awesome gold belt shareholder uh, leader of alan marine and he lives in sitka and we've been working together to create uh, a really dynamic support transportation service that I think will benefit Southeast for a long time. We know that we don't have unlimited resources as a state. And if we can do our part to provide a service at a, a lower cost, a lower resource usage rate, then geez, we're gonna provide a lot of benefit and opportunity for everybody. Using the model that you were just describing, the catamaran model over the full vessel. Correct, because not every time do you need a full uh, a car carrying vessel to go somewhere. So it just needs to be a coordinated, thoughtful approach to providing people with the services they need. Well, it looks like we're out of time, McHugh, but is there anything you'd like to add? 
I just want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. Um, however you celebrate, be merry, be happy. We have so much to be thankful for, Kevin, at Gold Belt in Juneau in Alaska. And I really hope that together we can make 2023 another fabulous year. And with that, that's the program. Thank you for listening. This is Kevin Allen signing off.